So hello and welcome to Abandoned Cart, the podcast we wish we had when running our own e-commerce store. The hosts for today are Laura. Hi. And me, Adam, the co-founders of Pink Leopard. We're a growth acceleration agency specializing in e-commerce. Joining us today is Sam, the co-founder of Pineapple Ads, who will be talking to us about how to create thumb-stopping ads that increase return on ad spend on paid social. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yep. Hello, my name's Sam. Started Pineapple Ads a year and a half ago, I think, at this point. But been doing video work and creative video work for eight or nine years at this point. So yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Yeah, glad to have you. Well, before we get into it, we do kick off every episode with this one question so that the audience can get to know our guests on a bit more of a personal level. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever received and how has it impacted your life? Okay, cool. So there was a, a short anecdote. A, a guy in, uh, I was living in New Zealand. I was living in Auckland at the time. And I was, I think I was over at my cousin's house. I think we'd been out the night before or something. And I was looking for work and I was not sure what to do, but I was really into photography at the time. And I was trying to meet other people into photography and look for projects and, and things to work on. And I saw someone post on Reddit and it was saying, meet me today. Uh, I'll buy you lunch. I've got a project I need help with. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go for it. And so I went down, had lunch with this guy. And this guy's called Jimmy Hunt. And he started a charity called Live More Awesome, which is all about men's health and uh, basically trying to raise awareness about the issues, which is a big problem in New Zealand and a lot of places. And it's very sort of, you don't talk about it kind of culture. And he wanted to sort of take that on. But the advice he gave me wasn't actually really related to what he was doing there with the charity. And so he said to me when I was saying, oh, I should be here and I should be there. He said, mate, life's a time trial, not a race. The only person you're competing against is yourself. And I was like, I was young at the time. I was probably 21 or something like that. But I'd never really thought about anything like life like that. And I'd always kind of compared myself to other people. It helped me really realize that actually focus on your own stuff, focus on what you're good at, take advice and, and listen to other people, but don't compare because I think, what as they say, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that's very true. And he's gone on to do great things. He, he did the, uh, I, I helped him film and photograph the, the world's longest water slide. So one of the things he did, it's like a big PR stunt. He actually built the world's longest water slide in some field outside of Auckland and went out there for a day, had hundreds of people come and it really gave him a big boost and, and gave him a real sort of lift for the charity and, and really got it out there. So yeah, he's, he's one of those people that like you meet and you can't really forget them. They're, they're, they're someone that will stay with you forever. I don't keep in contact with him now, unfortunately, but I could shoot him a message now and I, I guarantee he'd respond and be super, you know, kind of up for chatting. He's, he's one of those kind of people. So yeah, that, that's a piece of advice I kind of live by now. Absolutely love that. Um, yeah, definitely need to be a bit more Jimmy Hunt. I think we can um, we can all fall into that trap sometimes, can't we, of comparing ourselves and running other people's race, but really you do have to run your own. So yeah, I'll definitely, uh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Yeah, thanks so much. I've, we've actually had that, that advice recently, haven't we, from a mentor yeah. and I decided to, everybody that I was kind of following from a business, or I suppose, competition agency competition and I've um 
I just stopped following some people who I was comparing myself to. And it was so, it was so refreshing because I just didn't, I didn't necessarily need to see what they were doing every single day and see, you know, how big they were growing to. So yeah, definitely, definitely have that advice kind of myself. It applies everywhere as well, especially in the creative industry. There are people out there who will always be more creative than me, always come up with a better idea than me. But then some days I'll come up with a good idea. And some days I'll be the one who maybe they're envious of, you know, and that's just how it goes. It's it's always a sort of give and take situation. But I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't tend to I tend to look at what other people are doing from a sense of, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, I could take that. But I, I no longer let myself be like, oh, no, they're so much better than me. And, you know, oh, this this guy in Portugal who's is a videographer, he's done this amazing thing. I was like, he's not my competition. Why should I be jealous of him? I should be happy for him. He's come up with this cool idea or she and, and done it. You know, it's great. And see it more of a positive thing rather than a negative. Yeah, for sure. There's only one thumbstrap. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. a very good thing, I think. <laughs> okay, amazing. Well, really excited to dig into the kind of the juicy details of, of what you do and also creating this thumb-stopping creative, which is hot on everyone's agenda at the moment, especially a lot of um, e-commerce businesses running Facebook ads, TikTok ads. So we'd love to just quickly, if you wouldn't mind, I know you, you briefly mentioned about pineapple ads before, but just, just give us a, a quick kind of overview of what it is that you do and what your business specializes in. Sure. So yeah, it, it started as a direct response to a problem I'd noticed on the B2B side, which I was working in before doing a lot more sort of corporate video work. Essentially, my main frustration with brands getting creative made is that they don't see creative all the time as as big a part as it is and also they don't think about the goal and how the creative ties into that goal whether it's driving traffic whether it's a big pitch that you need video to support or whatever it is the the metrics that you want out at the end are directly tied to not only the capability of the people running that campaign but also the, the creative itself people watch things they want to watch they don't watch things that are boring and selling at them facts so ultimately i wanted to start something that looked at the creative as a part of the whole process not just a thing that needs to get made to put on the platform um, a lot more thought behind it but also not just the thought behind you know, making it, but also learning what works, a kind of combined creative and analytical approach, if you like, rather than just going, oh, that ad did really well. That's good. Uh, kind of going, yeah, but why did it do really well? What's the foundational reason for it doing well? And we already A-B test everything. So what's the difference between A-B testing in terms of individual variables within that creative it's complicated and it and it's not a precise science and i will never claim that it is but you can give yourself an advantage definitely by you know if something does work do it again but change the overall look of it so you're still using the same logic but you're just applying a new look to the thing so that you can be ad fatigue and things like that so that's kind of where pineapple ads started and and the kind of raison d'etre, if you will, of why we 
get up every day and I want to help people make ads that perform better from a creative standpoint and and also not just make ads that people say oh make make an ad like this but actually you know think really hard about what you're trying to say how you're trying to say it and how you can catch someone's attention really quickly and so I think the thing that I like to think that separates us from a lot of other sort of creative outfits in especially in the social space is they're quite reactive and I'd like to be quite proactive so hopefully I managed to do that seems to be working with the clients I'm working with at the moment but yeah it's, a, it's, it's challenging sometimes to get all the access to the data that you need but it's it's all part of the fun yeah I love that and I love that you said about the creative analytical aspect because that's something that we speak a lot about is that you obviously have to have the creative element and understanding really what works and you know making sure that it's right from a brand perspective but the analytics because obviously that's that's our area in in performance marketing is is so vital but I think you can go so heavily one way or so heavily the other so I definitely I love that that approach so just on that I suppose just for kind of people listening and out of my intrigue like where where do you even start with a with the process so if a brand comes to you and they want you to say generate them I don't know like 10 to 20 creatives for their meta ads to improve performance like where do you start and what is your process for for working with them and for coming up with high performing creatives sure no it's a good question essentially it varies very, very heavily from client to client. And the two, the main factor is their experience with running ads, essentially. Sometimes people have limited budgets, limited experience running ads. Maybe they have, you know, people like yourselves running the campaign for them, or maybe they don't and they do it internally. I try, you know, I'd love to work with clients like that who run it themselves internally. Unfortunately for me, my experience it doesn't lead to great results because for me to do what I need to do with the, the analytics and, and understanding what's performing and what's not, I really need someone who really knows how to run campaigns at a granular level to, to be able to sort of make that work. So, so I can prove my value and my worth to the process as well. Because if I can't do that, they might assume that it's my fault that it's not working. And sometimes I feel like that's that's a dangerous situation to put myself in. So I always check sort of, have you got a lot of experience running ads? Who's the agency you're using if you're using an agency? And I try and ascertain quite quickly whether or not I can get access to that information because without it, I can't really offer the service I want to offer. So that's the first kind of question. And if they have run ads, so that's kind of the split at the top. Once I find that out, it can go one or two ways. So if they if they have run ads before, what I tend to do is ask for data about the best thing they've ever run and the worst thing performing thing they've ever run to try and get a sense of, okay, what's worked really well in the past and just get as much data as I can from them so I can start to put together a picture of like, okay, with that data, where can I, where's my starting point? What am I going to push as a kind of good idea to start with based on their goals, of course. So we talk about what are your objectives here? So, you know, you can run campaigns for all kinds of different objectives. Some people might just want to get some brand awareness. Maybe it's a top line ad that runs for a couple of months to just build that awareness. And the messaging is more overarching rather than product specific. 
or maybe you know they know exactly what they want to do they've got a new product launching in two months and they want to get ready to launch that fine okay so but they're very different objectives and the creative therefore will be kind of very different so that's that's kind of it and i also asked people to pitch their product or service to me in a couple of sentences because i think if they can do that that's always a really good sign to me that they understand how succinct everything needs to be and i'll talk about this maybe a bit later we'll get on to sort of different aspects of creative but you you have no time you have no time <laughs> no time to get someone's attention and people are super distracted all the time and if you are not catching them in that first two seconds, it's basically go around for the next time and hope that next time they, they sp spend a bit longer, but chances are they won't. So yeah, it's, it's really important that they can be succinct about their brand for me, because if they can't, then I don't really know where to start from. Mm -hmm. Or at least it identifies that that's something that needs to be kind of looked at and worked on. And kind of their experience with stills and video and getting creative made. So we make, we shoot video and we shoot stills as well as, you know, making, building the ads out using motion graphics and editing. So whether or not they need that service is, is important as well, because quite often, you know, you'll get brands that have had stuff made and it's not very good, the creative, the photography or the video. And so you're already starting on the back foot or it's been shot for a non-specific purpose, and then you have to fine tune it and make it look like it was shot for this specific purpose. Always bespoke created content for that specific purpose is going to be better because it just, it gives you that extra split second of like instant recognition of what you're trying to talk about. If you've got footage of the thing, you can lead with it or whatever it is. Again, brand guidelines, quite important that brands understand where the lines are and so, so that enables a framework for me to actually create better stuff because you know if i don't know what's allowed and what's not allowed that can be quite difficult process because i'll end up going back and forth with them there's these invisible barriers that i don't know about that can cost me some time and some frustration but again happy to to work on that and we do offer kind of brand guidelines packages so we can sort of figure out what that is for them and help them work that out and essentially yeah we can do a lot with not a lot so i've had brands come to me and they've only got stills and i've taken those stills and i've added a bit of motion to the stills i've added text and animated text and all these kind of things to get the messaging across and they look really nice they're simple clean clear and the messaging is up front and the photography was was good which helped but you know, even if it's not that good, there's still quite a lot of stuff you can do to kind of elevate it. So I would say that those are the kind of the key things I try and ascertain quite quickly when talking to a client. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Those are my sort of steps. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds very, yeah, very in depth. I think a lot of, a lot of agencies or brands that we've worked with would use the likes of, and I'm not, I'm definitely not <laughs> slagging them off. I know what you're about to say. Oh, no. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. <laughs> what, like no limit creative and things like that? Uh, actually, I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. No, and, I, and, no, it's it's fine, fine. And, and I think it serves a purpose, but using things like no limit creative or sort of just services that put together some sort of pretty videos or just like 
hashed together, um, you know, a load of images and videos, but there's no kind of, you know, and it's, and then if we're not working with them on creative or we're not working with you, for example, to come up with the creative, but the client's providing it to us, you can really tell that it's just, there's no thought, there's no storyboarding, there's no like messaging behind it. And so I think creative is still a world where people just think, will just make it look pretty and that works but everything that you're saying is really interesting and in that you need to you need to really get deep you need to understand the brand you need to understand the message you need to understand what level of the funnel you're trying to yeah. use that creative for so so much more goes into it than let's just make this video move <laughs> yeah absolutely and I, I think what you're saying is is bang on really it's like using a rocket launcher to go hunting is it's it's madness like you wouldn't ever do it it's kind of like just throwing loads of creative at the problem it, it's yes okay cheap but you're not thinking about your wins won't be true wins they won't be wins that will grow your business sustainably they'll be un you, you won't know where the wins came from you won't understand why they were wins you won't know all of those kind of things and also you know to be honest, those places, sure, they serve a purpose and, and you know, they exist. We're not going to, you know, get rid of them. They're, they're fine. It's just that they don't, their, their model is built on volume, not on yeah. precision and not on really understanding and, you know, a bespoke kind of approach. And people always think, oh, but that's going to be more expensive then, surely. And yes, it is going to be a little bit more expensive. Absolutely. But I think the main thing here is that a lot of people see the creative element particularly or, or marketing in general as a cost. And it's just, it's such a weird way to look at it to me. Yeah. It's like, if I have one pound and I can spend that one pound and turn it into two pounds, it's an investment, not a cost. And that is exactly what I've tried to educate people on. And, you know, you're always coming at it from an educational standpoint with people who don't necessarily view it like that. And that can be a bit of an uphill battle. But, you know, if you do get there, it's, they thank you and and they're happier for it and um, it's something that i don't think will ever change because it's more of a psycholo psychological thing than it is a practical understanding thing they understand the principle of put money in get more money out if you do it right but not the the reasons why so that's why i always try and sort of espouse to the clients i'm talking to is this idea of think of it like an investment yeah definitely or it or it's got to be like an immediate return, not like a, a yeah, 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 exactly, approach, exactly. That's actually yeah. another good point to the to the start of this process. Is like, think these things can take time, and I think that would be one thing I'd add to what I would talk to clients about is make them aware that, and I'm sure a lot of them do know, and and in fact they do when I've spoken to them that that it's not instant wins overnight. It's the same with learning what's working creatively and what isn't. Um, if a brand's never done any kind of ad campaigns before you don't want to just start throwing lots of things, you know, you don't want to go, this is the way that it's going to work. This is definitely going to work. You want to try some stuff out to see what's working yeah. and what isn't to get your data. Yeah, definitely. Is there a, um, like a tried and tested secret formula that you can kind of give the listeners in terms of, I know it's going to be very different if it's say a brand video or that, but something that you see re repeatedly works on on Facebook ads because you obviously see everybody sort of say 
this four-step formula where it's a hook and then you give the problem and then you give how your product fixes that solution and then it's a testimonial and that's like the perfect winning combination. Do you have anything that maybe not for, for every single scenario, but you're, that you can give as like a tip of this does work and it's something that we always kind of try? It, yeah, so it depends really on the product and the service and, and, and the type of content, like you say. Um, ultimately, no, there isn't a magic silver bullet, in my opinion. I wish there was, that would be nice, but I probably wouldn't exist as a service if there was. Um, <laughs> Love a silver I think, bullet. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think there are definitely ways to to improve, obviously, the what people are doing and, and the kind of formulaic approach. I think, you know, you go start, if, you, if you're just starting out, you know, just A-B testing really different creative is, is very important up front. You don't have enough data, say, to, to make informed decisions about what you should be showing and how. So that's, that's something that I think is absolutely important. That's a secret formula. But in terms of like the contents of the actual content, like what goes into the creative, I would say clear, large but pretty messaging. You know, if you're talking about more of a kind of stylized approach, not not a more organic influencer style video, definitely if you're if you're trying to say, I don't know, sell a course or something like that, it needs to be super clear upfront what that actually is, because if there's any ambiguity about that, people just they don't they're not interested. I would also say Definitely, if you are going to shoot content for, I don't know, say FMCG drink, something something that moves quickly and you need to sell lots of volume of it, it's like try try the polished route and try the kind of lo-fi kind of route and the quick kind of edits and and you know shoot stuff on a phone. It sounds crazy. I shoot things properly with a camera for a living. And I would encourage still that people try and shoot things on a phone and just keep it snappy. That is, that is un- honestly, that is the best advice I could give or was given is when you're editing something, I think, I can't remember who it was. I saw this video. Um, he's kind of a knickknack collector on YouTube. He's, he's a really interesting guy, but he's got this crazy uh, kind of studio setup, And he always makes these really cool little short videos on Instagram, whereby he finds this object and it's not a product or anything like that. He's got this like strange Japanese puzzle, let's say, and he will have his phone. He, he sort of did a behind the scenes on how he made it. He said, I've got my phone. I've got uh, Adobe Rush, which is like a phone based Adobe editing thing. He's like, I shoot the thing. I get people interested in it. I talk a little bit about it. I show how it works and I edit it all on my phone and I post it straight like that. And the posting straight from his phone thing, that's one thing that you can do. I personally find that way of creating very hard and it doesn't, to me, work from a brand perspective. But the thing that I think is important, the takeaway there is just how quickly he can engage you by following the same set of steps. He does kind of just go here's the thing so you can see it. And then he gives you a little insight into it. He's talking over the top, just kind of, but he does, the videos are like 15 seconds max and they are super, and he's like, I get crazy engagement on those, you know? So 
I think obviously not every product or service is as interesting as a kind of cool little puzzle or something like that. But, you know, it's that mentality of like breaking it down, like showing it up front, giving the information up front, not teasing people with it, you know, because you're there to sell something at the end of the day. And like you, you need to get the information across to them quickly. And so I liked his uh, his idea of just like, don't mess around. Quick cuts, showing the stuff, basically. That, that's know, kind of it. Do you know his name for the listeners? <laughs> I can what? I can look it up. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Ask me the next question. I'll have a look. Yeah, sorry, Sam, put you on the spot there. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So yeah, great advice. Keep it snappy. I suppose it does depend on what your what your product is as well, doesn't it? Very much. Like if it is a real, if it is a a product, I suppose it is quite self explanatory or short, snappy. How to videos, um, you know, work well because as I follow a lot of a lot of different beauty brands and fashion brands and um. Yeah, sort of short, snappy videos or showing them using the product uh, is, they always capture my attention. But then obviously you have brands that might be, I don't know, maybe something a bit more medical, say, or something that needs a bit more explanation as to, you know, why that works or what problem it solves. If it's a, well, we used to work with a hair, uh, it was like a powder for hair for, for, like balding men essentially but you kind of would have to sort of show the the problem solution testimonials worked really well with that because it wasn't you couldn't just like shake it on your hair and show well you could but also there was kind of a little bit more needed than just you know fashion where they have those videos where they're changing dresses like really quickly yeah Um, and that brings up an interesting point it's like you know i found this a lot in b2b work i was doing um you know, businesses would always say, ah, but, you know, what we do, like, it's not creative. So how do you, how are you going to make us look good or interesting? And I was like, well, that's my job. That's what I do. Like, I can make, you know, things that ordinarily would be a bit plain, much more interesting. And I think you've hit the nail on the head with that product is can't really get, you know, nice slow-mo b-roll of someone putting this powder on their hair so you got to think about outside the box a little bit and you're right testimonials in that instance would be definitely the way to go because you know it it really does kind of especially with medical stuff it, it makes a big difference because people are a bit scared or you know apprehensive about trying a new product like that or you get the other flip side of the coin where people will try absolutely anything and so yeah yeah that's very I think true. that I think that definitely applies to the boldness situation yeah so people like give me the product I will try it <laughs> yeah yeah very true okay amazing well I appreciate they were coming towards um towards the end now but just one more question that I did want to ask um was just when you work with the brand or say an agency like how how do you sort of work with them to test and measure what is working and what isn't that feeds back to you so that you know, is it is it purely sort of, um, you know, obviously, again, as a performance agency, we're so revenue driven and return on ad spend driven, or do you have other metrics that kind of you like to understand as to whether that has been successful or not? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I keep a kind of list for every client about what variable the variable list doesn't really change 
um, the variable list I've sort of developed over time, um, and it and it be anything from, you know, bi I I categorize them uh, so like big impact, medium impact, low impact, for instance, and a big impact example of that would be the pace, so something that's really quick and snappy, or something slower and a bit more kind of draws you in, which can work for certain things. It it really does. That's quite sort of product dependent or you know really polished or more lo-fi that that's another big impact kind of creative variable i would say so essentially things like watch time and interactions are actually quite useful definitely click through rate and i think this is another thing that's quite important that we didn't touch on is the idea that where they click through to is as important <laughs> almost as the ad i know you guys will be telling your clients that like if you land on a poor poorly optimized landing page or something like that it's it's kind of undoes a lot of the hard work so that's another factor to, to account for but yeah those those two like watch time so you can see like okay so average watch percentage watch through as well i've been working with a client who creates digital products and some of the watch time is like 70 80 percent of a 40 second or 30 second ad which is pretty good and so that was quite interesting to me as like, okay. But then the other test that I did on that same campaign had a similar watch time, but much less kind of click-through rate. So, you know, trying to understand what that then means for the next set of creative. And I will, you know, put those kind of decisions that I made in the creative process into the spreadsheet, look at, okay, that they, we did this, 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 and this, or usually one or two variables is max I would test. But um, once you've established one big variable that does work, you kind of lock it in and then you test against that. So you can sort of, it depends on the budget and how much creative they want to make. But I mean, guys, the limit on the budget, you can go crazy and sort of start split testing out into a big tree, which is great, yeah. but it does get more complicated. Yeah, thanks. That's really interesting because I think, yeah, things like watch time, uh, you know, that that's really important for the brand. But again, and I am a performance marketer, so don't get me wrong, mm. I do the return on ad spend, but you've got to take into into consideration other things like what those creators are doing for the brand. Is it a more brand sort of heavy video? And that's, you know, getting views and a longer a longer view time is is the important metric there, as long as you're sort of measuring what impact that has down down the line. Yeah. Um versus yeah i think with performance marketing people are a little bit too that's got to make a sale like right now otherwise it's canned and it doesn't work so you don't look about look at the overall impact of of the of the brand and what the creatives are, are sort of having absolutely you know? and and the stronger the foundation for the brand the the better that the ads in the future will land if you've got good presence of mind if people have seen what you've put out there before and they're kind of a little bit interested but you know, this is this is why the word funnel is thrown around so much. It's not uh, it's not a trap. It's not a bear trap. You know, someone steps in, puts their foot in it, they're instantly caught. It's a funnel. They go down the funnel, and I'm not. It sounds a bad analogy, like trap people. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, it's a funnel, and people go down the funnel, and if they're interested, they they will go down that funnel. So yeah, it's more about a long term approach, and and that that's where that sort of maybe always on sort of top line piece of creative ties into it all that's kind of the foundation so it should be bottom line I think. <laughs> yeah that 
that makes sense though um and it is a trap really <laughs> that's our yeah, job I mean, yeah, yeah. it's not it's not evil it's not evil at the end of the day it's uh, it's just people want to buy certain things and they need to know about your product you're trying to sell it so that's how it goes yeah yeah exactly love it well thank you so much for all of that insight sam it was really really um really insightful really helpful is there anything that we didn't ask you that you think the audience would like to hear and be good to know we kind of didn't really touch on the idea I, we touched on it a little bit but one thing that's quite difficult to get right i think and something that i've come up against quite a lot is is the importance of that sort of cohesion and brand cohesion from a creative standpoint from my point of view it makes my job easier but from a you know recognition point of view when they are running campaigns and running ads and getting creative made it is really important that there's a there's a cohesive look and feel to things because you undo a lot of good work if you make something that doesn't have some kind of unique marker whether it's colors typefaces some something that relates the brand to the content so that someone within an instant can be like i know like for instance i'm getting this ad right now and my ads are crazy all over the place because i do a lot of liking of ads and researching and then I'll, I'll watch them again and again trying to figure out what they've done to, to, to learn and so they think i love it and so i get spammed with it more and more uh, but essentially i bought a product recently uh from instagram so i am completely the same as everyone else i'm not immune to this stuff at all and essentially it was some like it was called mold magic so you just put it on tile grouting and leave it for a couple of hours and then wipe it away and it's not complicated what it is but the marketing was good and i keep getting it again and again even though i've bought it so that's a weird thing i never really know exactly why that happens but essentially got um, a really moldy house these people <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it was just a little bit in the bathroom and i thought oh, i'll get rid of it and I, I didn't have any particular way to do that so i thought i'll just try this out it wasn't very expensive it was incredibly good. <laughs> it worked really, really well. But the ads that I'm seeing, like instantaneously, I know, like subconsciously within 0.3 of a second, I know it's an ad by them because their product is straight away in there and it's the same style, the same music. Like, you know, it's that kind of approach that I think is, is super crucial. No, thank you for that. Yeah, totally agree. And it's something that we talk to our clients a lot about, you know, getting that brand piece right, getting that consistency right, because it's so, so important. And as you said before, making sure that you're investing in that early on will pay, you know, dividends further down the line rather than being ad hoc and all over the place, getting that yeah, important to get that piece right. Yeah. And plan, plan your entire year <laughs> of content if you can. That, that definitely helps too. Love it. Okay, well, thank you so much for all of that, Sam. And thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show as well. Sam, if people want to find out more about Pineapple Ads, where can they find you? Cool. So you can find us at www.pineappleads.co.uk. Um, that's the best way to get in contact with us. Um, we're on Instagram as well as pineapple ads underscore after the pineapple ads. Someone else beat me to it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been great. Nice talking to you. Excellent. Cool. Well, if you do like the show, please subscribe and follow us. There will be more episodes coming out soon.
Thank you very much.